0: Turn with me to um, Proverbs chapter 8. One of the things that happens in lives is that people come into um, conflict and um, get themselves in a mess. And I've talked so often about um, the point that um, strongholds of Satan are in your mind. And um, so often, You know, people like to blame devils and demons. Look, uh, the devil was defeated 2,000 years ago. All right? On Calvary's tree. Finished. So it's not the devil who's your problem. Because Jesus Christ has made a way for total victory. Resist the devil and what? He flees from you. Now, if the devil will flee from you, imagine what demons do they're off as soon as they see you. They know they have no hope. So so forget that. This idea of devils and demons in people who are Christians is a stupid idea. um, But if you want to believe in it, well, well, according to your faith, it'll be to you. But it won't be reality. It'll be deception. Uh, That's really the problem comes when, when, uh, I want to talk about it, how do you get the wrong ideas in your mind? because when you get wrong ideas in your mind they're sown there by someone or something they don't just drop out of the sky when you get wrong thoughts they come from somewhere and one of the troubles is that you've always got people around um uh let's take go go to 18 I'm sorry it's 18 not 8 um says in uh, verse 8 the words of a talebearer are as wounds they go down into the innermost parts of the belly uh, when someone comes with a tail it can affect you when someone comes and tells you something it can affect your whole attitude in life and There are people who go about and the only things they tell are bad things, negative things. Have you ever noticed that? There are some people who are just plain miserable. And the only thing they ever think of, talk of, uh, do is they come along to bring you down. And the trouble with it is that when you listen to them, it discourages you. And it wounds you. You know, you can actually wound people by being negative. Attitudes are a terrible thing if they're wrong. You can have all the right information, but you take it and you tell people it, and you actually wound people with it. You see, right information... If it's actually going to hurt people, it's best not spoken. There's a lot of people that don't need to know, but a talebearer likes to wound. And the way you look at things and the the idea of how you conceive things actually has a tremendous effect on people. It's not just that you say it, it but it says it goes down. in the you know most parts of the belly. Hey, it eats at people. You keep on being negative and you can hurt people. You'll wound them. And it's wrong. And I want to go on and explain how wrong it is. But I'm just, um, look at verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare of his soul. They always want to enter into an argument and contention. Have you met people like that? You say, well, let's do this, and they say, but... And they'll give you ten reasons why you shouldn't. There are people who can argue themselves into a mess, But couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag There are people who are always negative And it's so important to understand That you mustn't let that type of attitude come in It's a humanistic attitude where you evaluate things according to your natural ability You can go along and tell someone something But that's how you see it It's not how God sees it. It's your opinion. And your opinion isn't worth a tin whistle. It's what does God say. And I find so many people uh, are basically robbed of doing what God wants. And obedience, as you know, is the same as love. And love is obedience. And without that, you don't get anywhere in God. Uh, and I find a lot of people, they, they never build anything in their lives because of negativity, a negative attitude. And it gets sown in their hearts. People can come and they can tell. I, I know that if I say, look, let's do this. Someone will come and say, oh, well, what about that, 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 that. They won't think, well, what does God want? They'll think all the negatives. Why? Because it's in their brain. Why? Because that's the way they've fed themselves. It's gone down into their belly. Years ago, when I was in a uh, uh, business uh, selling, I always remember there were different two types of people in the company. There were the fools who snared themselves with their own mouths because they were always negative, and there were those that looked at the possibilities. God wants us to be people of possibility. You know, with God, the impossible is possible, isn't it? Hello? With God. Uh, With man, it's not. Um, Chapter 16, Proverbs 16. It destroys. You know, one of the things I noticed is... um, Verse 27 An ungodly man diggeth up evil And in his lips There is As a burning fire Have you noticed some people can always dig up evil Hello Some people, You can find evil in anything can't you If you dig deep enough All looking quiet Is that right or not Huh People can find what's wrong, can't they? But I won't tell you what's right. It was 16. Chapter 16. Verse 28. Verse 27. An ungodly man diggeth up evil. Verse 28. A forward man soweth strife. And a whisperer separateth chief friends. Hey, someone can come and whisper something to you. Did you know so-and-so said this? Have you noticed how that can divide people? Hmm? Just takes a whisper, doesn't it? Doesn't matter whether the whisper's true or not. It matters how, how it goes into the heart. See, there's an enemy of our souls... He is frightened to death of the children of God. Uh, But he wants to get people to lie. See, Peter came when Jesus um, spoke and he said he was going to die. Peter turned around and said, far be it from you. And he spoke words that came from the pit. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things. Now there's times when something will come into your mind, don't speak it. If it's negative, don't speak it. Because the only way that the enemy of your soul can get into this world is through someone's tongue. He needs, just as the Holy Spirit works through people and vessels, so the devil needs vessels to work through. The spirit realm to come into our realm needs vessels. Don't give yourself over to being a moaner. Don't give yourself over to being a whisperer. Don't give yourself over to being a tailbearer. I'll tell you why, don't do the devil's work. That's what he wants. He comes to destroy, he comes to steal. He comes to wound. That's what he comes for. Now your tongue needs to be controlled. Controlled. Is that plain? You don't want him destroying. A whisperer separateth chief friends. A violent man enticeth his neighbour and leadeth him into the way that is not good. Let me tell you, there's some talk of the Proverbs just being kind of guidance for life. And not actually the word of God. Um, I've heard that blasphemy. As far as I'm concerned, anything that's in the book is the Word of God. All right? Uh, Solomon had the spirit of wisdom, didn't he? And don't you ever turn around and say, Oh, well, it doesn't apply. It's just probably a, a method to live by. I know some people say that. I don't. I say that man shall live by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Uh, verse 24 pleasant words are as a honeycomb sweet to the soul and health to the bones if you want your bones to be healthy you want to feed on the honeycomb sweet words are nice aren't they Hmm? pleasant words are as a honeycomb sweet to the soul health to the bones and in 15 verse 4 chapter 15 verse 4 a wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit if you have a wholesome tongue and you're going to preach the good things of God it's good And it's like a tree of life. People get life from your words. But if you're one of those that's always got some gripe, however true the gripe is, and that's the deception, you can speak the truth to destroy people. A lot of people do that. It's their gift. There are some people who always want to moan in life. And the Bible makes it very clear But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction. But he that regardeth reproof is prudent. And in uh, verse 23 of this chapter, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season how good it is. The way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. Do understand that what you answer with your mouth will bring joy, or it can bring destruction. But if you'll speak the right word in due season, it's pleasant, it's good. Okay? Now the reason I'm coming to that, and you might wonder where I'm going, um, in uh, chapter 14 verse 7 it says this go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceiveth not in him the lips of knowledge don't go around with people a scorner verse 6 seeketh wisdom and findeth it not but knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. Don't listen to people that don't know. Don't get advice from your peers if they know less than you do. Don't go to people that aren't sensible. All right. Now there is a, a tremendous truth That I want to speak about. It's perception. You know it's a dirty word perception. How you perceive things. And a lot of people talk about perception. And some people perceive them correctly. And do what's wrong. The Bible says that if you regard the weather you'll never sow and if you look at things for the right time I mean, a lot of people say oh well I will, I'll tell them at the right time there never is a right time you say well there's a due season yeah, a season's a season but there's never a right time how long's a season? well how long's a season? is it a minute? how long's a season? come on what? Three months, four months, so if you're going to sow something in due season, there's a long span of time, isn't there? Any moment you want to do it, you can get on with it. But if you're one of those people who's always waiting for the right moment, the season will be gone before the right moment arrives. And I find a lot of people leave things and leave things, never take action and By the time they think about taking action, the time's gone, the season's over, and the person is gone and been lost. You've got to always challenge people at the right time. That means right away. There's too many people afraid of men's faces. Afraid to speak. Afraid to challenge. God put us on the earth. To be like salt. God put us on the earth to be a light. God put us on the earth to do things. God didn't put us on the earth to get happy and complacent. He put us here to change things. And if you're going to change things, the one thing you've got to do is you've got to wake up. Now what I want to talk about is in Numbers 13. You might have guessed I was going there. Or you might not have guessed. In numbers thirteen, and now you'll see where I'm going. And the Lord spake unto Moses in verse 1 saying send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man every one a ruler among them one thing God chose was leadership was important he chose leaders he didn't send anyone he sent leaders He said, when you choose 12 to go out and spy the land, it's leadership. Leadership has a tremendous responsibility. And um, verse 17 And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many and what the land is that they dwell in whether it be good or bad and what cities they be uh, that they dwell in whether in tents or in strongholds and what uh, um, the land is whether it Be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And be you of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land, from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as um, men come to Harmoth. And they ascended, and so on. They went. Now, one thing you've got to understand, everyone needs leadership. And Moses was the leader, and he had a vision from God. The vision was, you occupy. And then when he wanted to find out what the land was like they were going to occupy, he had the vision. He knew what God said. And then he had the instructions of God. And then he chose 12 people. Now they were leaders amongst the people. And leadership has a tremendous responsibility. Moses had the vision and said this land, you go and get the fruit of it. But I just want to see what's in there. Alright? It was sending leadership. Now the trouble with leaders, when they came back, Verse um, And they returned from searching of the land, verse 25, after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aram and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them of the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report, of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, And so we were in their sight. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. You know, wounds go down into the belly. That's how they get words. Now, there were two types of report. There was one report that was factual. Were there giants in the land? Was that a fact? Were there walled cities? Was it a fact? But there were two attitudes prevailing. One lot of the leaders, ten of them, said, ah, we're not able. And that happens whenever you have a vision from God, what happens is people will tell you why you can't. When you set out to do anything in God, There's always people who can tell you why you can't. Well, you can. We can overcome. You see, it's the perspective of fact or perspective of God. Whose perspective do you see? Hello? In life, You can look out and you can get all the facts and destroy yourself. You can look at all the situations and destroy yourself. Or you can look at the God who's able to cause you to overcome and give you your inheritance. Uh, It's a choice, it's a matter of mind. Isn't it? You can go one or two ways. Whenever you want to go forward, people will say, Oh, you can't do that because of this, this and this. The facts might be there, but the thing they've left out is God who told you to go forward. God didn't put us here to live comfortably. God put us here to increase. God didn't say, sit down. God said, rise up. God didn't say, stand still. He said, go forward. God never, ever called his people and delivered them to do nothing. He called them to progress. But the fact remains that you can become the person who's a discourager instead of an encourager. You can become a person who's negative instead of positive. And it becomes a spirit that gets hold of people and in the end no one does anything. They just sit there and cry. Remember King David? When he found the city was taken and his wife and his children were taken and all the, the um, army were, that had gone out find the, the city was destroyed and their children were taken captive and their wives and they sat and they cried and they wept until they could weep no more. And after they wept that long David realized, hey, just a minute. And then he encouraged himself in God. Unfortunately, these, they just cried. You can end up in an emotional wreck. The facts are right, the reaction's totally wrong. Life's like that, isn't it? when you look out at opportunities the devil tells you a hundred reasons why you shouldn't take them hmm when you want to go forward he'll tell you why you can't and there'll be rational reasons that destroy see Rational isn't God. The word giants. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt. I've had people come to me and say, you know, well, what? You know, I was better off when I was in the world. I'm thinking to myself, what? And then you find out who they've been listening to. Hmm? You know, oh dear. The devil's a liar, isn't he? You don't want to believe him, do you? But you see. The devil's a liar, but he's, he's very subtle. He uses truth. He uses truth like this. He said to Jesus when he took him up, he said, cast yourself off the temple, for it is written. He uses truth. He knows truth. Hey, he made sure that those ten went and saw every obstacle. He made sure they saw the giants. Now you notice, in their eyes they were as grasshoppers. Not in the giant's eyes, in theirs. When you see an obstacle in life, it becomes big. When things confront you, it becomes an enormous problem. Your mind goes round and round in circles and jumps somersaults. You wonder how, you know, oh dear, oh dear, fancy that happening. Hey, it's only a small thing. You become a grasshopper only in the presence of your difficulty when you begin to look at it without God. Any obstacle in your way that's going to oppose God's purpose is a very small thing, not big. Because it's got to yield. Why? Because you've got the God of heaven on your side. And as he created all things, and all things are upheld by the power of his word, whatever it is that's in your way is in trouble. It's that simple. It just depends whether you've got the right perspective to see in the right way. Now a lot of people come to you and tell you all the negatives. Well I don't believe in the negatives, let's have a bit of positive. Hmm? jesus told the disciples he said the fields are white and ready to harvest i find a lot of people are praying for revival all around the world well if the fields are white and ready to harvest uh, pray the lord he'll send laborers into the harvest field don't sit down praying that the fields have become white they are white jesus said they were do you believe him well you know as people say oh well we've got to wait God's move in God's time no as I said there are two prayers God will never answer and you need to know it what were they number one God will never do what he told you to do he won't do it I find people praying As I said, 95% of prayers God will never answer. Christians pray, 95% of their prayers God is not going to answer. Because number one, they pray and ask God to do what God told them to do. And God won't answer that prayer. You can pray it, God won't answer it. If he told you to do it, get up and do what he said. It's called obedience. The second thing, God will never do what he's already done. Most Christians are praying and asking God to do what he's already done. He won't. He's done it. Jesus Christ overcame all the power of the enemy 2,000 years ago. Don't ask him to overcome the enemy. He did it 2,000 years ago. Don't ask him to do what he's done. He won't. He's done it. It's your lack of faith in believing what he's done that causes you the problem. 95% 95% of prayer meetings are a total waste of time. They pray those two things. One, they're asking God to do what he told them to do. And secondly, they're asking God to do what he's already done. And he won't answer either of those prayers. Is that plain? What he's done, is done. Alright? Now here are the children of Israel... They were told to go in and possess the land. They were told the land was given them for an inheritance. They were told it was theirs. God said, I'll drive out the enemies before you. But when they began to look and see, the leaders came back and said, "Uh-uh. hey, just a minute. God might have said it, but They call it wisdom. They call it being diligent and careful. It's not careful. They call it logic. God called it folly. What God says, God does. What God tells you to do, you can do. God never asks you to do something without giving you the equipment to do it with. God said, Go, you can go. God said, Fight, you can win. It's that simple, all right? Are you sure? Let's look on. Would to God we had died in the wilderness. And verse 3, And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jethuna, which were of them that searched the land rent their clothes and, they, and spake, they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel saying the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us then he will bring us into this land and give it us. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land. For they have bread for us. Their defences departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. Hey. You see Caleb and Joshua had a different opinion didn't they? You see, one lot saw the problem. Another lot saw God. Huh? These people that are there are defenseless. Hey, they're bred for us. This is a good land. We can go in if the God's on our side. They say, verse 9... Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. That, that's the problem with life. People are afraid. They fear people. They fear things. God said, well, they've got no defense. When someone has no defense, it's a good time to attack, isn't it? Hmm? They're in trouble, aren't they? So what a big... Yeah, big defenseless people. Hmm? Always remember, Muhammad Ali... was Cassius Clay at the time. He saw that big, overgrown, glandular case called Norton. And he was prancing around, and he thought he was going to knock... Muhammad Ali out, and... Muhammad Ali looked at him and he said hmm. he said he's big he'll fall hard I remember the time he had to first fight he turned up to fight Sonny Liston everyone said Liston was, it was indestructible You couldn't. he turned up with a rope and a big pot of honey he said I've come to bear bait Liston got mad. Sonny Liston, big, horrible convict, come out of prison. Everyone was terrified of him. Not Muhammad Ali. uh, He was then Cassius Clay. Turns up with his big pot of honey and a rope with a noose. Said, "I've come to bear bait. I'm fighting him." Now, when he got in the ring, Liston couldn't get out of his corner. What did he do? He destroyed his confidence. Do you know, a lot of Christians give the enemy confidence. Instead of challenging the enemy, your fear gives them confidence. They're defenseless. But you appear more defenseless. You appear as though you're going to give in. Hey, the enemy loves a coward. Just depends how you see things, doesn't it? Hmm? do you know if you think about our nation we have a history but there was one man who stood when everyone was fearing in our nation there was one man who stood and god raised him up at the time and his name was winston churchill hey there was a man he said you know hitler you might come here but one thing you better know to the last man will fight you and you will never win and we will never surrender. It's called the British spirit. Now that was all it was. One God. But well, we have gone on our side. And Joshua the son of Nun said hey just a minute. And Caleb said just a minute. We've got God for us. And our enemy is totally defenseless. They're bred for us. The land's good. Hey, everything that God has laid out before us is good. Now why are you sitting down? Everything is for us to go forward. Why sit down? Why be happy with what we've got? There's too much to take. Hmm? That's the right attitude to have, isn't it? We're here, they're in trouble. Glory to God. I love the spirit of Caleb, don't you? Now the spirit of these other fellows. Oh dear, oh dear. But all the congregation bade them, uh, stone them with stones, verse 10. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be, ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them. And will make of thee a greater nation are mightier than they. And then Moses argues, you remember? But, hey, God said, look, I'll disinherit them. Now, if God's going to disinherit people who don't believe, did they have the inheritance? No. But yes. They already had it, even though the giants were there, they already possessed it. Look, in life there are problems, there are issues, there are things that seem impossible, aren't there? When you logically look at it, how's it going to be? But who's logical? God said it's yours. You say, well, there's giants. How can we cope? God says, hey, easy. Everything's easy. It's impossible to do it. Who said? You can't. God says yes you can our God is the God of possibilities the devil's a liar everything's yours he always gives us the victory how do you look on it? hmm? see in life, in your life Your business, your home, your family. What are you looking at? Giants or God? Well, what do you look at? Well, what are you looking at? Hello? What are you looking at? In every part of your life, what do you look at? In the church, what do you look at? Do you look at logic? Do you look at reason? Or do you look at God? In your finances, what do you look at? See, you're all unbelieving. What do you look at? God. Who's able? Now, do you use any wisdom, natural wisdom? Yeah, sure you do. Believe God. That's natural wisdom. Folly is to believe circumstances, isn't it? Hmm? Folly is to say I can't. Faith is to say I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? So, there's one or two little problems in my life. So what? Glory to God. What opportunities to prove God? Hey, giant, you're in for a pasting. Hmm? Say, well, there's a mountain in my life. Great. Give it to me, God. There are giants in it. Great. I'll have the mountain. And Caleb came back and he claimed the mountain. Do you remember? 40 years later he's back and he's saying you give me this mountain and his daughter says you know i want this for an inheritance years later i'll tell you that's that's the spirit of faith what happens is people get discouraged you start rationalizing things and then everyone gets discouraged negativity breeds doesn't it you just get a little whisper oh well you know this, uh, you don't know what the circumstances is. Uh, and before you know it you do nothing you get immobilized by negativity well God doesn't want us to be immobilized he wants us to be mobilized time to look at everything and say glory to God time to fight Hmm? Now where was the problem in the spies? It was the leaders. Ten to two. Poor old Moses. What a bunch he had. Hmm? People rise up, they always tell you, oh well. tell you what I think, I think it's a good time God is good I think it's a wonderful opportunity I want to ask you tonight, how's your attitude? God wants to ask you how's your attitude? Do you remember Benson Edehosa, last sermon he preached here was your attitude determines your altitude If you want to fly high in God, you better get your attitude right. You can go up, or you can go down. You can look at all the problems, or you can look at your God. You can take hold of opportunities, or you can become negative. And that's the way life is. It's choice. You can believe God, or you can believe yourself. You know, it's so easy to get the wrong way. So easy. So easy to look at sickness and disease and say, Oh dear, I can't. So easy to look at situations and say, I can't. Or it's so easy to look at God and say, By God's grace, I can just depends attitude inside and the Lord wants to find out your attitude and shake it up and change it glory to God we're more than conquerors amen look at every situation in your life look at the giants in your life look at the things that really you don't know the answer to look at them And then look at your God who says you're well able to overcome. Look at your God who said the devil's defeated. Look at your God who's risen. Look at your God who always gives you the victory. Our God is good. All the time. Amen? He's on our side. And don't let the whisperers come and tell you oh well what about this what about that so what about it amen I believe in it all my heart stirred me up. I. when God spoke to me in the shower I thought goodness me that's the problem want to know what the problem is attitude change it this night change your attitude Let's believe God. Stand up. Time to stir yourself. Stir yourself up. And If you're one of those people that's always negative, it's time to stop crying and stop moaning and stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop saying you can't Turn around to the person next to you say, I can and you can. can. <laughs> so we're both going to be canned. There's no can't here. Hmm? Our God is able. All right. Lift up your hands. Father, I just pray for all these prayer requests. Lord, I thank you. You always hear us. In the name of Jesus, I curse every disease, every sickness, every bondage, and I break its power. Lord, let us hear a good report of the good things you've done. Lord, in your power and your life, change everything. And Lord, work in every heart that the attitude might be faith, not fear. It might be hope, not defeat. Might be joy and thanksgiving, not moaning and weeping. Lord, let our hearts be strong in you. And cause us to stand and triumph in everything, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. Amen.